What's up world, this is Blake, the host and the author of this diary, and this is The Diary of a Mad Black Man. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey y'all, what's going on? So totally honest with you all as I always am on my podcast this show today comes at a time when I feel it's very necessary I feel that the state of emergency that the entire world that I feel that I am in personally especially as a black man we need safe spaces to engage I am so thankful and grateful and blessed and truly I'm honored to be having the ability to publish this show now at this time um, I don't want to go into all the ills of the world because what Jeremy the host of Let's Talk Bro who you all are about to listen to has done is he has created a safe space for that for black men to engage um, his podcast has brought me so much healing so much inspiration so much knowledge and has really pushed me to step outside of my comfort zone and really own my blackness own what it means to be a black man and accept myself for who I am but it's also given me the uh, it has enabled me to to continue to have the fuel and fire to push through everything that we're seeing happening in the world and so with this episode being about a safe space i don't want to really spend too much time talking about the ills of the world because i know we are all seeing and living it in this time so this is really the perfect opportunity to really tune all of that out and focus in on what he has created in the history of let's talk bruh truly a beautiful episode i'm so honored and fortunate to have worked with jeremy ever since i first started my podcast i said i gotta eventually work with jeremy i gotta get him on the show in some kind of way and so this is one i'm hopefully maybe have many more episodes with him in the future but to the brothers out there listening it's very important that you all check out his show the links to everything he does is in the description box below let's talk bro is a wonderful podcast be sure you check it out so i'm happy to have him here um as a guest on my show writing in the in my diary diary of a mad black man to talk about how he created this safe space and how he maintains that safe space for black men and at a time like now i know that this these kind of conversations will can be continuing to happen so without further ado i also said no ads this show so we're going to jump right into the conversation right now so thank you jeremy for being a part of this show i cannot thank you enough and to everybody listening you all are in for a wonderful great episode i really hope you take something away from it and let's get into it right now What's up, everybody? Of course, you know, this is Blake, your host, coming back to you with another episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. He goes by the name of Jeremy. Well, that's actually his name, Jeremy, but he's the host of Let's Talk Bruh, a podcast that I've been following for over a year now. I want to say almost two years now. Uh, but Jeremy, thank you for being here. Um, I want to go ahead and give you just a second just to kind of introduce yourself, give like a quick like elevator pitch to the people, let them know exactly who you are from your voice. Yeah, so appreciate the invite, Blake. Uh, and yeah, it has almost been two years. We started the podcast June of 2018, so we're approaching two years. Um, from right outside Chicago, living in D.C. now, started Let's Talk Bro, um, just to kind of have more conversations on black masculinity, um, something I'm passionate about. And yeah, appreciate you coming, having, having me on. Just looking forward to a dope discussion. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, that kind of, let's just dive right in. So why did you start Let's Talk, bro? And what, like, what made you want to 
start this podcast, start this platform? So, uh, it's always funny. I think it actually started 20, 2016, 2017. I think, you know, certain conversations were being had on social media very often. And it just didn't seem like there was a platform for black men to really talk about these things um, outside of Twitter's 140, now 280 characters. So just to be able to dive deeper into some of these topics, whether it's, you know, sexuality, masculinity, mental health is a little bit more nuanced. Um, social media is great that it allows us to be a part of conversations, but it can only, in my opinion, go so deep on social media. We need different platforms, whether it's a podcast, you know, maybe a video series, um, in-person discussions to kind of take it further. So um, that was one of the reasons. And also just to kind of have, you know, connections with other black men in my life, in my network, to kind of push ourselves um talk about certain things that then we can't talk about, uh, laugh, joke, you know, cry if we need to, um, challenge each other, hold each other accountable. Um, that's kind of the reason why, you know, wanted to start this platform um, and really kind of just build connections with each other through digital spaces and in-person spaces. So um, that's kind of a long story short, but that's in mm-hmm. essence, you know, the reason why I wanted to start with soccer. Okay, that's very dope. Um, the reason why, another reason why I asked that is because it's kind of like literally like my podcast is like it's modeled after your show, and like your show is one of the first podcasts that I found that was just like I I could literally binge watch and just sit and listen to audio for like hours on end, and it, it's it's such a beautiful thing to have this kind of space. And so for me, I want to kind of get down to like when you first started. Okay, we're gonna do a podcast. Like, how did you go about? doing it like what was like can you describe like maybe like the first day you sat down and recorded and what that process was like yeah i think so at the time um one of my best friends Kier, he was the co-host with me for about maybe a year and some change and we had gone back to school together we were roommates for a year in dc and we were already kind of having some conversations like this off mic when we were roommates so it just kind of made sense that you know we would work together on this project um, and kind of bring our conversations off mic to on mic and kind of bring them to life. So um, for me, you know, during that time of like 2016, 2017, I was just kind of reading certain things. I was reading We Wrote Cool by Bell Hooks. I was reading more mental health um, articles and just reading things by, by black women to kind of expand my notion of what masculinity is, what gender is, what, you know, what we are as human beings. So um, wanted to just kind of bring some of those thoughts that I had ruminating in my head for so long onto the mic. So I think maybe a couple of weeks before we recorded, we kind of sat down and just mapped out some just some some topics we wanted to hit right out the gate. So I think our first episode was, you know, what does it mean to be a man? Um, just kind of real general question. Like, let's actually talk about that. Like, let's have, have a conversation about that. So um, a lot of it came from personal experiences, conversations that Kira and I had. A lot of it came from just seeing things that people were talking about online and trying to put a different spin on it and kind of put some more nuance to it and make, make it a little more personal. Um, and that's that's a big reason. That's another big reason why we want to start the podcast is that it's good to talk about topics that are in, in, informational and educational, but also, you know, with, with a platform like this, like you can understand it's important to be vulnerable in that same moment because if you're just giving somebody information it's like okay what's the personal connection to this so um that's one of my favorite parts about this show is that i'm able to be vulnerable myself on the platform kind of have a space 
you know, outside of therapy, but like my one hour or one and a half hours on the mic is another outlet for me to kind of be vulnerable, get some shit off, get some takes off, vent a little bit, heal as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, what the uh, the uh, inspirations behind certain topics and kind of how we we started. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's one of the. I mean, that's honestly that's the, what drew me into this podcast. Um, initially was the range of topics and the variety of topics. There's really nothing that, that's off limits. So I want to kind of get, get into that a little bit. Like, how do you, like you said, you and Kaya kind of sat down and mapped out your topics. Even now, how do you choose a topic or is it just experiences or how do you go about that process? Um, a little bit of experiences, a little bit maybe what I'm reading at the time. So right now, I, I just got finished reading uh, Brene Brown's book, Oh man, I'm gonna forget the name of it already. But she has her her basically her seminal text or her most popular book. I think it's Daring to be Daring to Lead or Wow, Daring Greatly. Wow, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> just finished <laughs> reading the book. So like a lot of what my my current mental state is on vulnerability and this concept concept of you know whether you know how how do we get to a place as black men where we are enough. So. Um, it's just being inspired by all different types of things. Could be a conversation with my my partner, my girlfriend. Could be a conversation I see on social media. Could be a conversation I see that I'm having with my with my, with my friends, family, um, and then just different things. Whether it's content, videos, TV, anything that I'm inspired by, I try to see how can we frame a, a productive conversation around it. Um, and who can I kind of bring in? that has more information than mm-hmm. me because I'm, I have a, you know, a set level of experiences and interests that I'm interested in, but there's people out there who know way more about me when it comes to masculinity and mental health and have real professional experience with it. So it's like, how can I combine what I see in the world with who's out there who can actually speak to it? So, um, yeah, it's really taking inspiration from everywhere, not trying to block anything out. Um, you know, during quarantine, it's been helpful to kind of, you know, look in kind of weird or strange places for inspiration. So I've been, you know, watching a lot of TED Talks and uh, just kind of, just trying to keep my mind open to what wherever inspiration can hit. So um, there really is no formal process in terms of how topics come up. It's kind of just, you know, living life and kind of seeing what hits me, what inspires me the most. Gotcha, gotcha. That's dope. And there's, um, there's a couple of topics that actually have come up that have been very powerful to me that I kind of want to just uh, touch base with you uh, one-on-one about and kind of get some more insight on. The first one that um, I really binged was you did, I, I don't know if it was like playing like that, it was like a three-part series where you talked about it was a black man's guide to like anxiety, then there was one on depression, and then there was one on like self-care, and it really like focused on mental health. And so as a black man and as I've been growing in my own journey, and challenges in mental health i know that it's in it's important that we raise awareness and also work to try to end the stigma surrounding mental health and so i want to know why why do you feel that it's important to have these kind of conversations as black men and what have what have you learned from these episodes these conversations you've been having about it oh man that's a a good question i think in terms of the stigma piece I think it's important to kind of destigmatize these topics because once somebody can tell their story and some things that were helpful for them along their mental health journey, it lets other folks know that they're not alone. I think a lot of times we get caught up in our day-to-day lives and all the challenges that we have to experience and endure and overcome. Uh, 
um, so much to the fact that we lose sight that somebody else could be going through the same exact thing. And if we're not talking about it, we're not sharing our stories, we'll never know that our experiences, as challenges as they are, um, can resonate and relate and help other people heal as well as help, help ourselves kind of heal and get through. Um, so that's why I just like being vulnerable on the mic, um, talking about mental health as much as we can. Um, I've always, and kind of answer your second question, it always uh, just kind of humbles me to get messages mm-hmm. from black men um, and their partners who reach out and just say how much the podcast has helped them. Um, because I think there's a certain level of, you know, blind spots, you know, you know produce, producing the content, producing the podcast, sharing my story. But it's always just surprising and kind of something I don't necessarily, you can't really predict when somebody reaches out and just tells you how much the episode or a conversation meant to them. So um, just knowing that we're all, you know, it may not be, obviously right now we're quarantined, but at the end of the day, like a, a big part of it is that we're all experiencing these things somewhat together. So um, what I've learned is to, you know, what I'm still learning, I'll say, a big challenge for me is to continue to reach out to folks when I need help. Like not hold all this shit in, um, yes. share with my partner, yes. share with my friends, and like really practice that muscle, like work on that muscle of like, all right, you know, I'm doing this podcast, we're talking about these things, but even I still have to like remind myself, yo, you can reach out for help. So you can text your friend, like, yo, I'm going through this right now. So um, the podcast and just the listeners who respond have helped me, you know, reinforce that, okay, Jeremy, you gotta, you gotta ask for help. Your therapist is cool, you know, your partner is cool, but ask help from the homies too, like, get back into that um, practice of doing that, and, you know, it's all about community, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've, in terms of the stigma, kind of what I've learned is, you know, just the fact that, you know, we don't have to be alone in our struggles if we can get over the hump of asking for help. Yeah, yeah, I know for me, when I first started to hear stories about other men who dealt with like anxiety and depression and mental health, it was like learning, like I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to like explain it because it's, it's so taboo almost in society to talk about mental health. But then when you realize that everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but there are a lot of people that kind of experience these same things. It normalizes it in a sense, but for me, it also gave me the push to really seek help and resources uh, to help me deal with it and because it's not something that's very mainstream in society right now I think black men um, being open and vulnerable is not mainstream right now I don't think that even mental health is mainstream but I know that there's a push in to, to make it mainstream because it is such a big issue within our community especially for black men I think we carry around so much trauma and things like that and it causes anxiety and depression and it manifests itself in behaviors I think that's one been one of my biggest things that I've learned about mental health is that a lot of times especially with us is the symptoms manifest themselves in behaviors and a lot of times we don't understand how the things that we've been through and experience impact how we operate in the world and the things we do and how we think and it it affects our entire lives and how we move and operate in the world so that's, that's very big uh, another one I, now i want to get into this next one because this one right here it says blackmail what the blackmail privilege episode <laughs> jeremy i'm not gonna lie when i first listen to the episode about black male privilege and you said you were like you guys some of y'all gonna get mad some of y'all gonna be upset but i was like what like 
So for, for the for the people that don't know, just kind of what is the concept of black male privilege? Like kind of explain that to the people that we listen to so we can really get into it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you telling me that like initially had a little reaction because I think it's natural. Like it's okay to feel like, wait a minute, what's this nigga telling me about black male privilege? Um, I think <laughs> first and foremost, if you're listening to the podcast and you have a reaction, I think the first thing that we well, not the first thing, but a big important part of this conversation is to understand that black men having privilege does not make it the same as white men having privilege or white people having privilege. It's not, we're not saying we have white people privilege. All we're saying is that within the community of black folks in general, um, black men, specifically straight black men, have privilege um, in relation to black women, in relation to queer black men, and just the ways in which privilege works. So you can take that concept and look at it from a race perspective, looking at the black community, but we all have relative privilege in relation to other people within our group or just the people in in general. So myself, I don't have any disabilities. Um, I don't have anything that holds me back in terms of my body. That means I have privilege over somebody who's in a wheelchair or who is disabled in some way as a privilege. So I think just the term black male privilege, it's a very, it's a little bit of a, it's a kind of a, a hot take term, I, yeah. I, I can say. Like it, it brings a reaction out of folks because we're used to the term white privilege. So when you put black male privilege, it's specifically almost putting a spotlight on us, like people like you and I in this conversation. And I think a lot of the reaction is kind of that initial gut reaction of, wait a minute, you telling me as a black man in this country, in America, that I have privilege, it just kind of puts you a little on your toes because we all know what it's like to be black and a black man in this country. We all know what we go through. Um, so it was important to kind of have that conversation um, and include those conversations in the podcast just to show um, kind of a, a 360 or a 180 view, whatever the number is, of what it means to be a black man. It means that we go through a lot of shit, we face a lot of oppression. Um, yeah. And on the flip side of that, we have to be mindful of the ways in which, you know, we do have privilege over black women. And looking at the domestic violence uh, stats around that, um, looking at how um, sexual assault stats, and typically for looking at the stats, black men sexually assault or domestically abuse black women far more than we than they do us. And that's just one example. That's just one example without getting too detailed with it. Right. So um, I think it's important to have all types of conversations when we consider what it means to be a black man, and that includes, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the accountability shit. Like, it includes all of that. So, um, yeah, that's a long story short again, mm-hmm. but black male privilege does not mean we have white privilege. It just means we have privilege or power in relation to other folks in our community yeah you 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 know something even in this moment hearing you say it like it's not related to white privilege i think that was the first thing that really hit me because i instantly when i heard black male privilege i thought of white privilege and i was like what how are you gonna say that we have that but as i dove more into the topic and it began to kind of really open my mind up about it the thing that i love about this concept is that it really forced me as a black man to look inward at myself and at my community because to talk about the concept of black male privilege and correct me if i'm wrong you really can't examine any other type of privilege it has to be 
you have to look at it from a black male perspective in comparison to other black people. And that's really the only way that it really exists. Am I correct in that? I, w- I would say it's a good place to start, but uh, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not an expert, um, but I would say it, it is interesting to look at the parallels, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if you even look at, I think it's, it's so I'll, I'll say this, in terms of black male privilege, you can look at it from, you know, let's talk bruh, and your platform obviously are geared towards black men and our experiences, but you could also look outside of our race and look at um, a term that I kind of am starting to resent, but men of color or people of color and within other groups of men of color, whether it's Asian men, uh, Latinx men, they also have privilege in relation to women and queer folks in their community. So I think it's also helpful to see other perspectives like, yes, Mm. my platform, your platform is geared towards black folks. We love black folks. We want to empower ourselves and our community. But if you look at other men of color, they are in a very similar position in which, yes, they face oppression um, at different rates and just kind of a different experience of oppression. But at the same time, they still have a level of privilege in relation to the women in their community, the poor folks in their community. So it's all relative. Like, um, and yeah. It's important to kind of see that full perspective when we talk about male privilege. It looks differently. Black male privilege is going to look differently than what Asian men experience in their community, just the different nuances and the different stories and experiences they go through different than, you know, Latinx men in relation to, you know, their community. It all looks different, but it's a similar type of um, experience in terms of we all have privilege as men. It just trickles down and looks different depending on what race you are. Um, That's just one example. And then also like the examples of, you know, gender-based privilege and, you know, sexual orientation-based privilege. So, um, you know, a, a, a straight black woman has more privilege than uh, a queer black woman just based off the discrimination that queer black women face. So mm-hmm. um, I think, I don't know if we talk about that dynamic in that episode, but on other episodes we address privilege. Um, I think it kind of helps some guys who are like, wait a minute, black more privilege to understand that, oh, okay, I see how it works when we talk about maybe other um, kind of demographic categories, sexual orientation, um, ableism, things like that. So uh, it's just good to kind of see a, a full perspective because the concept of privilege is very divisive, and you know mm-hmm. it, it brings a it, it can bring a very you know harsh reaction if we don't necessarily dig deeper. And I think kind of going back to my point earlier, like social media, it's like as much as I love social media, it it only, in my opinion, can go so far yeah. with these conversations. You yeah. kind of need to hear somebody's tone, see their body language with video. Um, talk to them face to face to really get a more personal, vulnerable um, kind of exchange. So um, that's kind of what I hope to do, and I, I hope to have done with the podcast. Is like, okay, let's take one of these hot topic conversations and break it down within an hour, and you know, talk about it that way. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, I think just in the era we're living in with social media and the ability to create and kind of put out content of what you want um, is, is very inform. It's very, I want to say educational because that's really how I learn. That's really what I do is I sit and I research stuff online, research different hot topics and find different videos. And I've also learned that depending on the platform that you're using, it's going to depend on the audience. And so like, I know like with podcasting, there's a certain 
it takes a certain type of person, a certain demographic of people to actually sit and listen to audio and then the topics and things like that. So as I've learned more about that, it's helped me to really understand what creating this type of platform is. Um, but as well as to go back to the topic, like with black male privilege, it's like when you find topics like that, it really expands your mind and helps you to understand things on a much deeper level like how you said comparing it to other races and ethnicities and how they have privilege and so it's just and it's and it's still something i'm wrapping my mind around i'm not even gonna lie it's still like it's still a challenging yeah, concept uh, for me to understand like okay this idea of privilege like i honestly i have i think i have a solid understanding of it between like a black man and a black woman but anything else like it's a process man i'm still working on it so and that's, I, feel, you know, I think there's, there's certain things that like you know we all process when it comes to like what it means to be a man and certain shit that I know I'm definitely working through and like I check myself on certain reactions that I had if like a woman says something and I'm like wait a minute what's what you saying and I got to definitely check myself yeah. in that moment and I'm like okay am I saying am I having this reaction because she's a woman or am I having this reaction because her point is actually invalid and like really having those moments to check myself whether something on Twitter and like dig deep in that moment and not necessarily I think a big part is like <laughs> a lot of times as guys we get in trouble because we put out those thoughts into the public but like let's say you have like maybe maybe you're trying to process something as it relates to something a black woman said you can just sit with that thought for a minute and not have to necessarily put it out for public consumption and like actually question it yourself maybe to a friend who can actually check you um and really just maybe think before we actually just put out these thoughts and like that. I mean, let me just ruminate on this for a minute and, and like see where this thought is coming from. Um, I know that's something I definitely continually try to do is say, okay, I'm, I'm reacting very harsh to this tweet. Twitter's mm-hmm. a great place for that. <laughs> let me just sit on that. Let me not tweet it out. Let me not, you know, immediately respond. I don't have to respond to everything and just, you know, actually do some self-reflection on where this belief or feeling in me is coming from. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually a sidebar. Like, I'm actually learning Twitter now that I have my podcast and I have a Twitter for my podcast. I'm learning like how to use it, how to find tweets, who to follow, and stuff like that. It's like a completely different platform because I never used Twitter like up until about maybe like three or four months ago. So it's it's interesting to find the content there. And I've also learned. I think that it says that I read somewhere with some statistic where it said it's mostly men on Twitter, and like it's mostly women on Instagram. So. I don't know. I think that's an interesting sidebar. But, um, yeah. Last topic I want to talk to you about that comes up a lot in uh, Let's Talk Bro, specifically like in the Facebook group, is just, is just sexuality and this idea of you actually had an episode called The Relationship Between Gay and Straight Men. And I just wanted to get your ideas on how has, because from my perspective as somebody who's a listener, a fan of the show, is part of the group, I've seen you really create this space for men of different sexuality background, gay and straight men to come together and have healthy dialogue. So from your perspective, what has it been like to kind of facilitate that process and what have been some of the results of that? So I think I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I think a big reason why it was important to create this platform is because and maybe you can uh, understand what I'm about to say. If you look on social media or just platforms geared towards black men on just a number of different platforms, whether it's organization, whether it's an Instagram account, whether it's a nonprofit, yeah. a lot of these organizations 
a lot of their content and programming is like geared towards straight black men. And it, it, but the platform is for all black men, but like the people you see represented, the people you see speaking, the, the content, the topics, um, the language they use, it's all, not all, but a lot of it is geared just towards straight black men and straight black men's experiences. Um, so if, you know, one part was like, okay, if I can create my own shit, like it's important to represent or do my best, but I can't necessarily speak on behalf of, you know, queer black men because I'm not queer, but I can do my best to try to include their stories, have them on the podcast um, as much as possible because, like, we can only we can we can only learn so much from being afar. Like, I yeah. can create a platform for black men, but if I'm not including queer black men, then is it really a platform for black men? So. Um, I think for me, it was just important to kind of just have that as a part of as much as possible. And, you know, there's obviously ways I could do better, but um, it just had to be part of it. Like, there, there had to be a part of the platform. Um, and yeah, I think because uh, there's, there's so much that has been, in, in terms of our culture, homophobia mm-hmm. has been a part of it. So it's like, yeah. how can we all come together? And it, sometimes coming together is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be the yeah. most clean conversation. There's going to have to be some some people, you know, maybe some shanky sometimes. Uh, and I have to be checked certain times. Uh, but yeah, that is not even a pretty answer, but uh, it's just something that, you know, was something that I've been conscious of in, in terms of, you know, I'm on the internet way too much. <laughs> but, you know, just, just seeing how Dang. certain platforms carry themselves as being for black men but it's like wait a minute i only see you know content for straight black men on your platform like what's 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 really good so just trying to be mindful of okay how can we have conversations uh that include all perspectives of black men or as much as possible yeah I, i found that that's been very helpful and beneficial for for me specifically because it's something that you rarely get to talk about like not just as black men but in general sexuality is i would say somewhat of a taboo topic in like mainstream society but um i think that as a community as black people and as black men i know that um, we're often kind of looked at as the leaders of our community even kind of talking about the it just makes me think of the term black male privilege we were just talking about but i think that the more we can bridge the gaps between or the more that we can learn to support all black men regardless of your sexual orientation how you look how you act how you talk i think it'll benefit the entire black community and all of us as a people because we can really work together as brothers you know what i'm saying and as men and as leaders of our community and so that's one of the things that i've appreciated the most about this topic and all the topics you talked about specifically because it really is bringing black men together and uh, with that being said it kind of leads me into the next uh thing i want to talk about here which is a safe space for black men now for me podcasting was the first safe space with other men that I've, I can honestly think that I've ever, I'm, I hope I'm not forgetting something, but it, it, it's one of the, the first places that I've been in with other black men that I really felt safe. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt comfortable being vulnerable, but the thing about it is I was always 
in reality, I was always physically by myself. So it was always like an audio thing. But then as I've learned um, and grown on just online and being more comfortable with putting myself out there online and engaging with people that I've met, never met in person online, it's really helped me to understand that what a safe space is doesn't have to necessarily be a physical safe space it can be a platform or an online chat form or like what we have is the the facebook group so um, i want to start off with talking about the facebook group and how was this something that you initially said oh i'm going to create this when i did the podcast or is this something that developed as the podcast grew or how did how did you create the facebook group uh, that's a good i'm trying to think back I, I don't think it was an immediate um goal of the podcast but i think as we started going it just kind of was a natural progression to like okay how do we you know have these conversations on the mic but include the greater community who listens or who's just interested in being among the group of black men discussing these topics so i think it kind of just i think we wanted to have an interactive portion to the podcast in some way and the facebook group was kind of just like the natural way to do it um and yeah, it just, it, just, it just made sense to kind of have a a, uh, a connection to the podcast and a community for the podcast because, like, I think we, we try to make it a, a point on the podcast to say that, hey, we only know as much as what we've read or our experience, but, like, the experience of Let's Talk for it is not solely, you know, at that, at that point in time, just Jeremy and Kier. We want to include y'all in the conversation um, it was a community-based thing and try to be as interactive as we can uh, with, you know, the, the Let's Talk for a platform. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, the Facebook group has definitely been one of the most, like, rewarding pieces of the, the platform of Let's Talk for just because you can see um, all the different perspectives that I could have never thought about, like yeah, all yeah. the different ways in which people think about black masculinity, sexuality, uh, mental health, um, the fact that people, you know, folks will go there to kind of either vent or ask for advice. It's like, you know, just some, some certain things that I could probably never really imagine have been spawned in the Facebook group. So um, definitely one of the most rewarding aspects of doing this software has been just a community of folks who, you know, want to be a part of it. Like, you know, yeah. you know, just that pops off and I record this podcast and, uh, my living room, or my, at, that, at that point, my living room, and people want to be a part of it is uh, is, is very humble. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great thing, man. I've gone there sometimes when it's like I don't have nobody else, but I know I can go in the uh, Let's Talk Bro Facebook group and vent real quick. I've been there, actually, I think it was last night, just just in the midst of just everything that's going on. Like I was like, I just want to have just some dope dialogue, and it was like I want to say it was like almost nine, ten o'clock at night last night, and just the the amount of just dope information and knowledge that was exchanged between the guys in the group. I think I asked something about like race and oppression. Um, I forget the exact what I've talked about, but it, it, the fact that there's so much, I'm trying to think of how to say this, but it seems like there's cert, there's a certain level of intellect that the guys in the group have. Like there's a certain knowledge, like they're very intellectual, like they're, they're free thinkers. They're, they're very open-minded. So um, can you speak to a little about the demographics? Like what type of black men do you find in the group? I know it's all of them, but specifically like, is there like a certain demographic within the group or what do you think? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> like, like are most of the, like I'm, I, I even sit myself and I'm like, are most of these guys like 
college educated? Is there more like straight guys in here than gay? Or like, I, I don't know. Have you ever even like looked at that? Or so, I mean, so like, I think my first initial reaction is it's just kind of depends. I mean, so Facebook does give you like insights and kind of breakdown. Okay, I see a good amount of people from Atlanta, DC, whatever. Um, but I think it's, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where if the, the best way I could put it is if I guess we talk about certain things on the podcast and, you know, it just might naturally occur that people would want to, you know, gravitate towards this conversation in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if the demographics lean any way or, or another. I think it's just more so that they're, because it's funny, when we first started the Facebook group, I noticed that there was a lot of guys much older than us in the group. So, um, and it's kind of balanced out as we've gotten a little bit further along with the group. But I think a big piece of it is just sometimes we may not have space in our immediate friend circles or our families to talk about certain things. So it's like to see that there's a space and it's not just all straight black men. It's not just all gay black men. It's like all black men talking about these things. Um, if I could talk my shit, I think it's one of the, the most rare places that I know personally on the internet. So nice. like nice. <laughs> that may be that may be part of the, the demographics, just like brothers who really just want to engage in this conversation in this way. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just like how the universe happened like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's really dope. Like I, I just I've been in the group I remember when I first started in the group it was like maybe I once it was like three. I remember I remember being somewhere around three sixty, and that was like almost eight hundred. And it's like just just to see the growth since since I joined, which hasn't been that, which has been about a year or so. But um, it, it's just really dope to to see the growth. But and I've also seen some some interesting things occur within a group. But I want to kind of let you speak to that. Like, what have been some of the challenges in managing a safe space for Black men? And I was actually listening to the last, um, this actually most recent episode of Let's Talk, bro, where you were talking to the guys from Black Men Feel and just this kind of the level of anxiety that comes with managing or having a safe space for black men. So can you kind of speak to that and what it's been like just managing this space that you've created? Yeah, I think uh, the challenge is really like the question that you ask is like how to manage a safe space because like I mentioned in the episode, there's no way that any space is guaranteed to be safe 100% of the time, 24-7. Like, it's just impossible. Like, especially when you tell people that, you know, be vulnerable, be honest, be real, um, and be bring your, your real self. Ask whatever questions you have. Um, so that's like the onset of our Facebook group. But at the same time, being honest, being real, being vulnerable, not holding back yeah. could in that group cause somebody else to feel maybe disrespected by that question so it's like how do we manage that dynamic of wanting folks to be their full to be their full selves wanting them to come in with an open mind ask those questions that maybe you couldn't ask on twitter bring them here um but at the same time how do we say hey you know you know i think one thing that comes up in any online platform is folks will just say i want to post this video and just say thoughts and it's like, fan, like, <laughs> there's so many other ways for you to spark a conversation without just saying thoughts. Um, a lot of those posts, as you've probably seen, come with just like this um, 
people wanted to get confirmation on maybe a, a problematic belief about something. So yeah. I think it's just really just being mindful of, you know, how we're all interacting with each other, having thoughtful conversation. And I think, I think we can only strive to be a safe space. We can never be a hundred percent safe all the time because mm. we can't control what other people say. Like it, to me, it's just impossible. It's not necessarily a pessimistic view on things. It's just like, hey, we come in with the mindset of we're all going to be open. We're all hopefully going to be respectful. And if you receive some feedback, hopefully you take it. Um, and if you repeatedly can't take the feedback, then we look at, okay, we might have to just get the boot because, you know, we can't just fucking survive everybody. Um, so that's, that's the biggest challenge is like, you know, how do we continue to make the group safe, which is a big reason why I try to be, I don't want to say selective, but like, I don't necessarily accept everybody into the Facebook group. So I think that's a big part of just like being mindful of like, okay, let's, let's be, let's be, you know, intentional about, you know, how you're even engaging with some of the questions that we may pose to new members. It's like, okay, how do you engage with this question? Um, and that's, that's the challenge that I have. It's like, okay, are we denying certain people? And, you know, it's just, it's just how do we make it as safe as possible without necessarily, um, making people feel uncomfortable because I think a good amount of discomfort is a good thing. But yeah. to the point where people are being disrespected and, you know, offensive, it's just like, all right, then we gotta then we gotta make some hard decisions and either delete some posts or in worst case scenario removing people. So we haven't had to remove too many people, which has been a really good thing, or delete too many posts, but uh, sometimes it comes up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can remember some of the posts myself being like, wow, this is really getting heated. But I, I but like you said, I think that like, for, I'll just say it like this growth and healing is not an easy process or a fun process to engage in. So I think that if you really want to have a healthy conversation, I think a part of that needs to be somewhat painful. It needs to be somewhat uncomfortable because you're expanding yourself. You're stepping outside of your own thought process and your framework of thinking and behaving um and so that and, and it's challenging to how you believe any anything that challenges how you believe is going to be difficult to understand and wrap your mind around so it, it, it's come up but i think that it's a beautiful thing that 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 the space exists and i think what's most important and that's what i try to do on my platform and just even like as i'm monitoring like my social media and as that plat and as those platforms are growing and more i'm getting more interactions it's like Okay, I really can't manage it if people start going in on the comments or something starts to happen. I think about that stuff in the future and where this might grow. But I think what's important is the intent. Like we intended for this to be a safe space. We made it known for being a space, safe space. And so and at the end of the day, I also realizing, like you said, there's only so much you can do. Right. Um, so a couple more questions and we're going to wrap this up. Um, but has there been anything? um that has that has come out of creating this space that was like unexpected like like something that you've done or just what has been like the result of creating this space have you had like a dope opportunity or met somebody that you didn't think you would meet or what has come out of everything that you've done with creating this safe space um well, I think I can speak to kind of the safe space of the Facebook group, but also let's talk for a general. I mean, there's been, we've been able to kind of get invites for different panels and um, things like that. And, you know, I think the I think the biggest part has just been the fact that people fuck with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's probably the biggest like reward out of doing this talk for in general is that you know putting this this project out this pod, this podcast out now we have some video episodes um, on our YouTube that people actually fuck with it and that's the biggest opportunity reward that has come with doing this software is that you know wanting to reach black men and the fact that black men fuck with it of course not every black man but you know we're you know we're we're, uh, we're accomplishing the goal that we set out to do and that's the biggest you know w from all of this i think you know that kind of helps me keep going when the days I'm like, is this shit even resonating with folks? Is this is this episode even good? Is this, you know, Instagram post even hitting? It's like getting the DMs, getting the emails, you know, checking out the Facebook group. It's like, okay, there's there's something here and people really enjoy this and it's making an impact on folks' lives. It's like, okay, that makes that makes it so much easier to keep going and like inspires me to think more creatively about you know, how to approach Let's Talk Bro and, you know, just the ways in which I think the opportunities that are possible when, you know, as black men we come together, I think that's been inspiring for me in this process. Yeah. So, you know, I think in terms of opportunities, it's always like, you know, there's been panels, there's been, you know, obviously doing stuff like this is dope, invitations to the podcast, um, but just knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, like, people really fuck with it is like all I can really ask for. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes when you start a creative project, it's hard to see whether it's a resonator or not. But uh, part of what keeps me going is that there could be somebody out there who listens to Let's Talk, bro. Maybe they haven't reached out, but it means something in their lives. And I'm like, okay, that, that keeps me going. Uh, so I don't even know if that answers your question, but I think that's kind of where my my mentality is when I approach like just the I guess the overall yeah. gratification that I feel towards let's talk about the community that is around let's talk about it's just like yo it's uh you know I, I am trying to be present and just be grateful that we're and we're, we're, we're accomplishing what you know we set out to do in the beginning we still are and it's still a long road to go with this let's talk about shit but Right now, we're doing what we, what we intended to do. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's really dope. It's something I'm kind of, I, I question myself a lot. I would say probably more recently in the past couple months. is it, it, You know, what's interesting is that it, today marks six months since I released my first podcast. And hey, I, I think, right, listen, when I first started this, I had no idea what I was really getting myself into. I always wanted to do a podcast simply because I knew it was like a free space to just create and maybe even a YouTube video on um, a YouTube channel. I eventually transitioned into that, but it, it's been a beautiful thing to create this platform and to realize that people do fuck with like people do like the fact that I could get on here and be open and honest and vulnerable and transparent. And like you said, it's just the fact that people like it. Like I was like, I put out shit that at one point in time, I thought I was taking to my grave with me. I would never share it with anybody, but the fact that, people like it and they gravitate toward it and they want to hear more of it and i have gotten you know collaborations like this one like i ain't i'm gonna be honest jeremy i've been wanting to do this for so long because like just the space that you created and just the show is just so dope like you like the that's like the intro music like i was like this is so dope and it's for black men and i, I feel that 
right now where the the topics and things that we talk about as black men on our platforms is kind of underground but i see now that i'm in it i see how there's more out there and there's so many other platforms and spaces and organizations and people that want to engage like me and you and just want to be better men want to kind of push to elevate the conversation around things like mental health um, sexuality and really bridge the gaps between our differences and kind of create those safe spaces so they're out there um they exist so Man, that's really all I have. Any last words? Um, anything you want to say to the people um, before we close this out? This was dope. Really oh, man, I just appreciate you bringing me on. Um, you know, we've we definitely been connected on and off for, like you said, the, you know, six months to a year now. So I appreciate you just for the invite. Um, like you said, I really believe that when it comes to, like, these platforms for black men, I think we're really just scratching the surface right now. Like, there's still so much more room to cover um, when it comes to these topics, these conversations, um, these platforms that are starting, there's so much just potential with this space and potential for, you know, just healing and like, you know, reaching each other and challenging each other. Like, I think we're only really scratching the surface. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I'm just looking forward to see what the future has. Uh, in terms of this talk, we um, have a couple of uh, digital events coming soon. Won't spoil it right now in the brainstorming phase to reach out to some folks pretty soon. But um, if you don't want to like look into that, that'll be <clears throat> oh God, I can't talk. That'll be on the Instagram and like on our Twitter coming down um, hopefully the next week or so. So if folks want to kind of be in tune with that, they can follow Let's Talk Bro on Instagram at Let's Talk Bro. Um, on Twitter at Let's Talk Bro Pod. Um, you can email us at Let's Talk Bro at gmail.com. You slide in the inbox. And yeah. I've got some pretty fun uh, plans coming while we're under quarantine. So I can't wait to uh, share that with the world. All right. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate you. Um, again, everybody that's listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been another great diary entry. Again, my name is Blake, your host. This is Diary of a Mad Black Man. Y'all stay blessed out there. Take care. <laughs>